Hello and welcome back to the So Novel Podcast. In today's Bookstagrammer chat, I am joined by Selena from Check Your Shelf. She is a mum of two, works part-time and is currently leading the campaign to stop the violation of human rights in Armenia. In today's chat, we talk about Bookstagram's Bookstacks for a Cause. We discuss our last now next reads and take a deep dive into our top three contemporary romance reads. Hi, and welcome to the So Novel Podcast. I'm your host, Jess, and in this fortnightly podcast, I will be chatting all things books, as well as interviews with authors, publishers, and bookstagrammers. So whether you're looking for your next read or you want to know the story behind the story, then this is the podcast for you. Hello, Selena, and welcome to the So Novel Podcast. How are you today? Thank you. I'm well. Thank you for having me on. This is so exciting. It is very exciting. <laughs> I think we're going to have a really fun chat because we always chat over DMs and that and we never shut up. So I, I think we're going to yeah. have a fun one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's been a long time coming. We've been trying to organise this. It has. It has. We finally got here. Now let's start by chatting about your Bookstagram account. So you show a lot of different genres on your account. So contemporary romance, general fiction, thrillers, YA, children's picture books. Can you tell us what is your favourite genre? Um, I kind of read just, you know, whatever I feel like reading at the time. So I think, I don't know, I go through phases where I have different um, favourite genres. Um, I went through a bit of a thriller kick after not, you know, touching thrillers for a really long time. Um, But I was you know, back into them. And then I kind of feel like, I don't know, I like mixing it up because I feel like they start to become very formulaic if you keep continuing to read the same thing. Um, so I think, I, I don't know, at the moment I'm loving contemporary romance um, and kind of like that why I've been reading a lot of YA. But I do feel myself getting drawn back to thrillers. I got the latest um, Sally Hepworth in the mail, which I've actually never read any of her work. So after people have told me I have to, you know, get onto her, I got the book and I was like, ooh, I've got to, like, get onto this. So I can feel myself being drawn back into a thriller binge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I finished the Sally Hepworth one and I read it in a day. It was it was really good. Like, it was just what I needed to kind of snap me out of the book slump. Uh, yeah, really good. I really liked okay. it. Okay. Yeah, and I think I find I really love thrillers because they can get you out of the book slump so well. I don't know what it is about them, but they're just very, like, they just hook you in. <laughs> yes, yes. No, I agree. There was one that I picked up. Or um, The Survivors by Jane Harper. I was like, yes, this is what I need to get me out of my book slump. But it wasn't, it, it was kind of a thriller, but it wasn't a fast paced one. And I think that's what I was expecting. And I was like, I just need something really fast paced at the moment. And The Good Sister was was that. Delivered. Yes, it did. The other one. The other one that I really loved, and again, it was the first time ever reading this author, was um, The Swap by Robin Harding. I think I was just like, what am I reading? The entire time I read it, I was like, what is this? And it was just so good. (laughs) And I think just the crazier, the better. I don't know. 
Yes. <laughs> I think I have one of her books, The Arrangement, which I think is the one that yes. she wrote before that. And it's been sitting on my bookshelf for like since. Oh, it you out. should. You and, should and I, crack it open. I should. It's, Maybe that's what I needed to, to get me out of the slump. <laughs> it's probably going to be another one day binge. I don't know. That's how the swap was. I just couldn't put it down. And it was a one day binge. I was like, I'm not, I can't leave this book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I wanted to talk about um, one of the trends on Bookstagram at the moment is to highlight campaigns by posting a book stack. So we see campaigns such as post a pink book stack for breast cancer or, you know, post a purple one for Crohn's disease and then I think back in January, I'd done one myself, posted a red stack for um, the bushfires to bring awareness to the Australian bushfires. Now, you are running one at the moment. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so um, it's basically in support of the situation in Artsakh at the moment, which is um, a region in Armenia. Um, Now, I'm Obviously, my background is Armenian, so I'm very um, close to this cause. Um, Basically, you know, September 27, we all woke up to the news that, you know, Artsakh was under attack by Azerbaijan and, you know, backed by Turkey. And, you know, it's really, like, it's really upsetting, first of all. Um, And it's just, I guess everyone was in shock because if you just think about it, like, you know, Artsakh has a population of 150,000. It's a very small region. Um, Armenia has a population of about 3 million. So those together combined are nothing in comparison to the, I'm not exactly sure of the population of Turkey, but I think it's like tens of millions. Like it could be 70 million. I'm not really sure. I don't know off the top of my head. Um, But it was completely upsetting. It was, you know, I mean, we got blindsided, but I'm not sure because if you do live in that region, these sort of small, um, you know, things sort of occur from time to time. Like a ceasefire was in place since the early 90s, but ever since then, you know, there's like little flare-ups here and there. But this is a, like, this is full-on war and it's basically like ethnic cleansing. So it's gotten to the stage where, you know, there's, it's just horrible. So I was sort of in a little bit of shock and I didn't really know how I could help spread, um, you know, the news of what was happening because what we were seeing was this country, you know, is in the middle of, you know, it's in the Middle East. Um, It doesn't have oil. It doesn't have much money. It doesn't, it's not, it's not politically um, lucrative for the media networks to sort of cover what's happening. So the information that was coming out by the media was completely like distorted and not even factually correct. And You know, we know that, you know, Turkey and Azerbaijan spend literally hundreds of millions of dollars in lobbying. So who knows what they've got even in Australia? I mean, I don't know. But, um, you know, I think I've shown through my stories that some of the way that the media is portraying things is just, it's, I don't know if it can be attributed 100% to sloppy journalism. (laughs) So I think for me, I was very passionate about getting out what was happening and just telling everyone from a grassroots level and not relying on the media to do it. So how do we do that? And it was really about like just stacking 
books in support of it. Um, and with the post, um, and my lovely friend, and actually I, I have to give credit here because I was in shock. I didn't know what to do. And um, Mel from A Cozy Reader actually came to me and said, I'm really like sad, saddened and angry about this. Like, how can I help? Like, what can we do? And I was like, yeah, like I just, I was like, I don't know what to do. And we came up with the concept of, the, you know, let's just do a book stack, just like how we always do. Um, so, yeah, so she kind of really came through and pulled those graphics together for me. So um, the book stack was kind of twofold, like you take your own stack of books, but then there's also the graphic that goes behind it and the graphic is just very high-level explanation about, you know, the history, the background and what's happening now. And I think most people when they, I mean, I would like to think that most Aussies when they actually look into it realise what's actually happening and what the truth is. And I think that's really important. You know, it's a really, that's what social media is all about, like trying to bypass the, you know, the discrepancies in media. Exactly. I was trying not to swear, but (laughs) cut through through the crap and give us the real truth. And, um, yeah, that was kind of the aim of it. And I was, there's obviously a donation part as well. Um, so I was donating $1 for each stack up to 500 But, yeah, I don't know if you saw my post today, but it sort of didn't get anywhere near that. But I've donated like that, the full amount. Because for me, it was never really about the money aspect. I, I, I always knew I was going to donate the full amount, but I just wanted to get as much word out as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Like if it wasn't for you, I would have had no idea about that. And like you said, I guess the media are very biased and they can show what they want to show and report what they want to report, which isn't always both sides of the story. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And we've seen that in so many instances, even on Australian media and only by lobbying them and going back to them and saying, this is not factually correct. Like, look at this information. You know, we have managed to get a few apologies and a few corrections, but I don't know, anyone that works in media would know that, like, you know, when you make a massive statement like that, that's what people remember. They never remember the correction. (laughs) Like, so it's very dangerous anyway. And tell us about the um, the convoy. (laughs) So every day since the war sort of started, um, the entire diaspora across the entire world um, has come together to try and, um, I guess, educate whatever country they're in. So, um, you know, the Americans have been doing an amazing job. We've been doing it. Like, it's just all around the world. Everyone has come together. Um, The only issue being, I mean, obviously they chose their timing very strategically because we're in the middle of a pandemic. We're in the middle of a massive election for the US. So the world is very much looking elsewhere. Um, And that sort of, you know, is also really hard for protesting, campaigning, all that sort of thing because, um, you know, we weren't allowed to protest because up until a couple of weeks ago, only 20 people, I believe, could come together. Um, And in Melbourne, like the Melbourne Armenians couldn't really do much of anything at all because they were literally under house arrest. So, I mean, I think everyone has done a wonderful job of coming together with the parameters 
and the rules that are currently in place to try and, you know, raise as much awareness as possible. So one of the things that we decided to do, and it was organised through a couple of really amazing people in the community, they put together car convoys. So, you know, if we couldn't protest together, um, somewhere like Martin Place or, you know, wherever. Um, everyone sat in their own cars, got the flags, got the Armenian flag and the Australian flag and just sort of drove around trying to raise awareness. And, you know, it worked really well. We had lots of, I went to a couple, well, I went to one and, um, you know, so many people were just saying to me, what is this about? You know, so I was able to speak to them, you know, COVID safe through the car. <laughs> um, and just kind of educate the public about it and I mean we put so much work into these and again like the media showed nothing or just talked about the um the traffic that it caused and to be honest like we chose Sunday morning because and we did that strategically because like where does anyone have to be so urgently on a Sunday morning like it was just so you know sorry if your coffee run got interrupted by like genocide and ethnic cleansing like come on let's Let's just put things into perspective. So that's one of the things. Um, but we've been doing something like every weekend, like, you know, our kids came to the convoy with us, so they were very interested to see what was happening. There's been like fundraisers at our church, fundraisers at schools, like everyone is just, you know, I saw some lady was making like some rose jam and she's selling those to fundraise. So everyone is just basically doing whatever they can and using whatever skills they have to just fundraise. And actually, Jess, you'd be interested in this. Another group of ladies um, are making like plants and they're like, oh. so that they're like, yeah, they're like putting together really awesome like pots of plants and then selling them off for fundraise. It's just really sweet how everyone's coming together to sort of try and support this cause. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and so, like, where do we go from here? Like, what have we seen so far, if anything, happen? Um, so, um, a lot has happened, actually. So, um, in terms of the fundraising, I think Australia has raised about 2.4 or $2.6 million. Wow. And worldwide, yeah. So I think worldwide, last time I checked, it was about $163 million, which is such a big number. But unfortunately, I don't think it's as much as where what it needs to be because the country is basically being shelled like completely. Um, and it's like, um, it's like drone warfare, which is not really you know it's it's just so hard to overcome because they literally just like go in with drones drop all these bombs and then leave so um and you know so many kids are out of school like the school like they've been attacking schools hospitals churches like civilian areas um it's just it's horrible um but slowly we're seeing like for example um new south wales has recognized Artsakh as its own um, country, so it has a very long history. Armenians have always been there, but during the USSR, it was given to Azerbaijan by um, Russia because he just kind of messed everything around. I don't know why, but he gave <laughs> he gave the country to Azerbaijan, and then at the um, collapse of the USSR, they determined that they would have they would be self, like they're a self-determination and they consider themselves to be 
Armenian. You know, their flag is Armenian. There's Armenian churches everywhere that date back to, like, you know, the 6th century. So, and Azerbaijan has only been a country for, I don't know exactly how long, but not not anywhere near that long. So it's just not possible that the land is theirs. And secondly, if the land was yours, why would you be completely levelling it? Like, it just makes no sense. So slowly there's some recognition, like people have tried to go in, other um, dignitaries have tried to go in, like Macron went in um, and he tried to talk some sense into the, um, the head of Turkey and that just backfired and now they're completely, like, at odds. Um, it's just, it's so messy. So it's just sort of still in the thick of it um, and it's hard to know, how, like, how it's going to end and what the end is going to be. But I feel very bad for the people. Yeah, absolutely. I seen, I think it was on your stories that they bombed the maternity ward. At yeah. The yeah, yes. that's. It's just that horrible, was, right? And yeah, they've been yeah. disguising, they've been disguising themselves as like Armenian um, military and then going up to like, for example, they went up to, I think it was an ambulance and like completely ambushed them because they thought that it was obviously a friendly military but it was the aggressor like the other side and they actually killed the doctor and like you know the doctors like they need them so much there like we can't no one can get out to help them again they chose the pandemic so no one can leave the country um a whole bunch of humanitarian aid had left from LA and they just would not allow it to fly over Turkey they said no like so it's just they're just trying to gag them militarily humanity like just everything is just it's just horrible mm, so it's very planned and articulated you know picked the timing and yes it's yeah. all premeditated they actually dropped the day that this whole thing started on the 27th of September they dropped a music video like honestly you can't make this up it's like a propaganda music video about how they're going to get this region back and how they're going to spill blood and everything's going to be it's like victory is going to be theirs and it, so it was completely premeditated like who even makes a music video for that it's just yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> it's just crazy yeah it's it's devastating absolutely devastating but I think you're doing a great job by raising awareness and I'm always looking at your stories and yeah if anyone wants any more information check out Selena's stories because she's always posting updates and all the information and she's not biased so we, we can trust the information yeah <laughs> thank you I feel like I've been you know really um I guess spamming but to be honest, like it's a pretty like urgent and important matter. So I just can't stay silent about it on it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. like I'm not someone who really watches the news. Um, it, it makes me anxious. So I haven't watched the news for years. But normally I get the most important news, you know, through social media, through Facebook and Instagram, you know, the US election is just everywhere at the moment. Yeah. You escape it, even if escape you don't it. watch the news. But, you yeah. know, I haven't heard any of this other than through through your feed, like I would be none the wiser. I know. And that's exactly what happened in 1915. There was a genocide. No one knew about it because Turkey gagged everyone. Um, 
using their, you know, powers of position, money, blackmailing, oil money, like just all of that, and no one knew about it. So then they thought, hey, we can do it again because mm. we succeeded last time. Yeah. So, yeah. It's anyway. devastating. <laughs> devastating. But yes, I'm sure you'll keep us up to date with all of that. Um, so our next segment, we're going to discuss our last now next reads. So Selena, would you like to start off with your last read? Um, my last read was actually um, Breathless by Jennifer Niven. Niven? Niven? I'm not sure how to pronounce her name. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually in a bit of a reading slump. So um, it took Which me Which is understandable. Yes, yes. I've been having a lot of trouble actually focusing on books, but that was my last read. And like, I have to say, even though I was in a slump, I think I said this in my review, it actually, like, it was a really good book. Um, and I read her first book. I think it was called, what's it called? All the Bright Places or something. I read it ages ago. And I couldn't really remember it, but it came back, it started coming back to me um, in snippets once I read this one. And she just has such a way of sort of um, bringing like young love to life. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. so it it's was, a young it was, adult. It's a young adult. Yeah, sorry. It's yeah. a young adult book. Um, and it's basically about um, a girl who has her life sort of, you know, she reckons she has her whole next six months planned out she's finishing school she's gonna take a long road trip with her best friend um you know across america have the best summer of her life meet some boys yada 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 and then uh, you know after all that's done um go to to uni or college um and do her degree um and this was sort of supposed to be you know her fun like sort of last hurrah but then her whole life is sort of turned upside down. And this is not a spoiler. It's written on the back. Um, her parents um, decide to, well, her parents' marriage falls apart. And um, she instead finds herself accompanying her mum to an island. I can't remember where the island is, but to an island somewhere. Um, and this island has no Wi-Fi. Um, you know, pro- she's thinking probably no boys. And so probably no summer that she's sort of envisioned for herself. Um, and once she gets there, well, there is a boy. <laughs> um, and, yeah, of course, there's a boy. And, um, you know, she sort of connects with her mom, connects with her past, connects with the boy. You know, it's like a coming of age. But I just thought it was done really well. Like it wasn't um, it wasn't cringeworthy. The dialogue was not cringeworthy. It was very... I think age appropriate to that age. Like it seemed like, you know, I can imagine an 18 year old talking that way. It was dramatic in all the ways that you would expect an 18 year old to be dramatic. Um, The romance aspect was quite sweet. Um, And yeah, it just came together and it cut through my book slump, (laughs) which I think is the best way of describing how good it was. Um, Yeah. So that was a really cute read. Yeah, that's a new release too, isn't it? That's only just come out. Yes, it just came out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Oh, cool. And what are you you currently reading anything at the moment? So I currently started Take a Hint, Danny Brown. Yes. By Talia Hibbert. Hibbert, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Um, And I love her. I loved Chloe Brown. Like I loved it. Yes, um, which we're going to talk about uh, <laughs> very soon, aren't we? <laughs> yes, yes. yes. So, I, so I love that. 
And so I'm really enjoying I'm in the early days. I'm like a couple of chapters in, but I just love the characters so far. Yes. So because Danny Brown is Chloe's sister, isn't it? So it's kind yes. of like yes. a sequel to Chloe Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think I, I actually I actually I have to say I really love that in um contemporary romance when yeah. there's like um a family or or a friend group or something, and then each book sort of delves into you know, the other sibling or the friend or whatever. I'm, like, really into that. <laughs> I don't know what that's called. <laughs> I think that she's doing um, the other sister, Eve. Yes. Eve, yeah. Eve and or Eva, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm currently reading Chloe Brown at the moment and I I think she'll be a really good character to explore in the, the yes. third book. Yeah, yes. for yes. sure. And um, have you got something lined up for your next read? Well, I think I'm going to read the Sally Hepworth. The Sally the Hepworth. Yeah. Yes. I think so. I think it's just, it's calling to me. I think it's time. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I've only read um, The Mother-in-Law, which was her book before The Good Sister. Uh, when that was released, that was kind of my first Sally Hepworth. And, I yeah, I enjoyed it, but I wouldn't have really, like I yeah, kind of the same with this one. I wouldn't call it a thriller, but it's kind of that. Okay. I, I don't know how to describe it. Is it like, like a domestic or something? Like a yeah, domestic, domestic sort of yeah, what's like a, going on. Yeah, almost like, I don't know, like a soft thriller. <laughs> so it's yeah. not kind of like edge of your seat, but it's kind of like, ooh, where's this going? I kind of like this. Yeah, me to too. Say, yeah. And I have to say, I don't know what it is, but I really like twin like thrillers because I read another one called um the girl in the mirror I think it was called by Rose Carlisle that was another twin sort of again I don't know if you call it a thriller like sort of like a domestic situation um and that was also really good so I seem to like I like gravitating towards like I guess those thriller books where you like which one with the twins like which one is the good twin which one is the bad twin like I love those. I also loved 50-50 by Steve Kavanagh, which, again, is a twin story. Oh. That was Edge of Your Seat. Yeah, that was okay. amazing. Oh, that sounds all right. I think I have seen that around, actually, on Bookstagram a bit. Yeah, I think that was a release last year, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. 2020 is just so yeah. weird. I don't know when, <laughs> when I read what. I have no idea. My <laughs> time is all warped. <laughs> yeah, who knows, who knows. Well, my last read was Song of the Crocodile by, I hope I say this right, Nardi Simpson. Yeah, so yes, we have that. I've been seeing that around. Yeah, it came out, oh, was it this month, I think, or October last month. Um, we've got that for our Diversify Your Read Buddy read for October. So we're chatting about that this weekend. Um, I think I'll be in the minority for that one because everyone's loved it and given it five stars and I can definitely see (laughs) why. But, um, yeah, I... It's not doing it for you. No, it just didn't do it for me. Like I, I liked the writing and I liked the backstory behind it, but yeah. it just, I think I was expecting it to grip me a bit more and it, kind of, it was a real slow burn and um, we, you go through a lot of characters as well. So it was kind of switching around and 
yeah, it was okay. Okay, it was okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's always interesting when you're in the minority with an opinion in a buddy group. It's always very interesting. I know, <laughs> and maybe that was the reason too. Like, I was one of the last ones to finish it, so I'd kind of had all this hype, and I'd seen them. You know, oh, it was hyped up. It was hyped up, and there was one person in there, I wish I could remember who it was, that said, you know, I finished it in a day and I was like, oh, wow, like it's, you know, 450 pages. Like that's a good effort. I was like, yes. But, um, yeah, no, just I think for something for me to finish, yeah, in a day, I kind of need to be on the edge of the seat, kind of like the Sally Hepworth situation, like where's this going? So, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah, I haven't posted my review of that yet, but, yeah. Um, okay, but my, I'll look yeah, out for that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> my now read, as I said before, is Get a Life, Chloe Brown by Talia Hibbert. Yeah, so I'm about halfway through that, I think, and there's been a little bit of steam, um, but I like that. Oh, my God, from, the steam. Yeah. <laughs> so the male perspective. Yeah. Yeah, so I really like the both the dual point of view. I was like, you never get it from the male perspective. That's one of the reasons it's one of my favourite contemporary romances. And I think she nailed it. Like, I don't think it was overly, like, fluffy or romanticised, which is how I think that they would be. Yes. <laughs> if that makes yes. sense. Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, she's done really well. So I'm hoping to finish that today, actually, because, okay. yeah, it, it did, I guess it was kind of a little bit of a slow burn at the beginning too, but now you kind of are getting to the the steamy part and it's like, ooh, what's going to happen? I think it's quite steamy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've mainly been from, so I've only read his point of view, I guess, of the the steam so far and I was like, I was the same as you. I was like, that was really well done. <laughs> not And not what I was expecting. Yes. Was that the scene that was outside? Was it outside scene? Ah, okay. Or are you talking like in the tree or? No. Oh, I can't um, remember now. I don't know. Oh, I guess without trying to give too much away, the one that I was thinking of was um, him Oh, how do I? Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking yeah, about. Yeah. <laughs> and I think um, it was so funny because I was actually reading that next to my mum, and that came, and I was that like that scene came up, and I was, was I had to like slam the book down and like, and she was like, "What's wrong?" I'm like, "Nothing." Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you don't write the book? I'm like, no, no, the book is fine. Let's just talk about something else. This is awkward. <laughs> well, I was reading it to my four-year-old yesterday oh. and I was there like <laughs> giggling away yeah. and he's like, what are you doing? What's and happening? Like, oh, I'm <laughs> and I want to know. He's probably like, tell me, tell me. Tell like, me. No. <laughs> yeah, read it to me. Can I see? <laughs> yes, you can see because you can't read yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and then I think my next read, I'm thinking of doing a bit of a nonfiction November. So I was thinking um, Dark Emu by Bruce Pascoe. Oh, I've heard good things about that book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, well, well, it's probably not a spoiler alert because I 
by the time this episode goes live, we've hopefully announced that we're going to have that as our next Diversify Your Read Buddy Read for November into December. So, um, yeah, I'm really intrigued by that one. I was listening to a podcast actually where they were discussing that and they interviewed Bruce Pascoe about that and, yeah, it was really interesting. So everyone, everyone seems to love it too. So Yes, sounds like that will be a good one. Yeah, for sure. Now, what I wanted to ask you next was what would be your top three reads for the year so far? Oh, okay. This is <laughs> this has caught me off guard. I don't, I don't even know what I've read. I honestly, okay, okay, wait. So Crescent City is definitely up there. I loved Crescent City um, by Sarah J. Is it Mass? Mass, yes, Mass. yes. I haven't read it, but I've always hear about it. <laughs> um, it was just so well done. Um, it's a chunker of a book. Like it, I think it's eight hundred or nine hundred pages. Wow! <laughs> but they sort of just flew by. Um, you know, the world building was amazing. Just how she just brought everything together. Like you're sort of thrown a lot of information, but I just sort of read it, just thinking, oh, she's going to make sense of it, and it sort of did. It just came together really well. So that's definitely, definitely up there. Um, oh, I actually like just can't remember what I've read. I just don't even know. <laughs> it's been a bit like <laughs> that, that this year, though. No, no, I, not I, at yeah, all. Yeah, I don't know. I just can't even think of like I'm sure like even in January, February, March, I did a lot. Of, I've actually read a lot of books this year as well, so they're probably all just running through my mind. Um, yeah, I can't even remember. <laughs> That's okay. We've got a top one, so we'll go with that. Yeah, it must have been one. a standout if you remember it. <laughs> yeah, it was a stand. It definitely was, and I just can't remember any others. How bad is that? <laughs> <laughs> we'll blame 2020, I think. We'll go yes, with that. Yes, let's do that. Or mum brain. One of mum the brain, two, I don't know. yes. <laughs> so our deep dive today is going to be a little different in that we are going to deep dive a genre. So it's a genre that we both love and we discuss it all the time. We've done a few buddy reads with these types of books. So we're going to talk about our favourite contemporary romance books. Uh, so do you want to start off, Selena? What are your top three? Okay, um, so I have to preface this by saying that I never even really liked contemporary romance up until probably uh-huh. last year. Ooh, okay. I thought they were, yeah, I thought they were very, very just like predictable, mm-hmm. um, very cheesy. I can't do cheesy, like dialogue is a big one for me. If it's cheesy dialogue, I cannot, like I just cannot. Like I, it make, I can't even read it. It makes me kind of just roll my eyes. And yeah, I love the cheese. Sort of, oh my gosh! You, <laughs> yes. I, oh my gosh! I just can't. I'm just like no guy would ever say this. One hundred percent. This would just not happen. See, I think that's something that would get me out of my reading slump, though. Ah, uh, yeah. And this is the other thing. Like, this is the same. Like, I can't watch contemporary. I don't know what you call them. Are they called like contemporary romance movies? Like movies? I just yeah. can't watch them. I get so frustrated. Like, so far, I'm just I can't. Um, and then the other big thing that I used to sort of really get frustrated with was the big, you know, there's always like the big miscommunication, like something really stupid happens and they don't talk to each other. And you're like, dude, like just be an adult and have a 10 second conversation instead of like not talking anyway. So, but (laughs) thanks to Bookstagram, 
um, I was introduced to Christina Lauren, who are the dynamic duo. Yeah. So I so I think Christina Lauren. It's just really weird. They don't. Um, they're not very well known in Australia, are they? Like if you don't, if you're not on Bookstagram, yeah. Like good luck to you. You'll never find their books because yeah. they're never in shops. No. It's just it's a bit bizarre. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like I remember when I first seen them come up, I. Actually, it was funny because I seen a meme going around this the other day that I was today years old when I discovered that Christina yes. Lauren were two different people. A duo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, the first one that I seen going around was the Honeymooners, which is actually in my top three. But um, that's I, in my top three too. Yeah, I'd never heard of them. Like it was only that everyone was raving about this book, and like you said, I think they're very like US based favorite yes and they're very popular yeah so the first one yeah that I read last year was the unhoneymooners and I was honestly in stitches I remember vividly I was reading it in bed my husband had gone to sleep I couldn't sleep so I was reading it and I was literally laughing my head off like I would you know when you're trying to keep it in and you're like snorting and there's tears and I actually woke him up he's like what are you doing <laughs> like I'm like it's funny I'm sorry he's like I thought you were like choking or something <laughs> um and <laughs> and that was my uh, my first Christina Lauren so that's definitely in my top three um and since then I've gone on to read pretty much all their standalones I haven't read they have a YA which is called autobiography I think I haven't read that yet but I want to and then I haven't read their series so I have to read those as well um so that's one of my top three and then I've got on here Chloe Brown which we touched on um the the boyfriend project actually I read that this year and that would definitely be my top I don't know, top 10 of this year, definitely the boyfriend mm-hmm. project. So tell us about that one. That was not that big here, like in Australia either, was it? it? Was No, I don't think so. I did a, I think, I don't know how I found it, um, but I actually chose it for one of my um, buddy reads. And it's basically, what I really liked about it was uh, it's kind of like um, just completely different for the genre. Like, um, the main protagonist, Samaya, I think her name is Samaya Banks. I'm not too sure now. I've forgotten as I forget everything. Um, <laughs> she works in tech. So she's a um, proud black woman who also works in tech. So what I really liked about it is, you know, she's like just smashing through so many sort of, you know, stereotypes that women don't work in tech, you know, um, and she's proudly standing up for her, you know, her background and her heritage and really representing. Um, and I just loved it. Like, like I sort of, I work in tech as well. So possibly that's why I loved it so much, but I could just relate to a lot of it. Like, you know, there's a lot of men in my industry, like, so I just really sort of related to pretty much all aspects of it, (laughs) like sort of being a minority in the, um, some discussion women won't know about this I mean that's still that sounds so silly to say but it still does happen in the workplace so I um just really enjoyed um that book and I've just been raving about it to everyone like um I chose it for my buddy read I recommend it to everyone and I think people don't warm to it as much because because I think it's not your standard romance book 
Um, it's not that high on the romance, I suppose, when you compare it to some other books out there. But for me, I just think the female character, the lead was so strong and the friendships she had with her friends were so strong as well. So I don't know if you know anything about it, but basically she's dating some guy um, and she finds out in a really funny way, actually on Twitter, that he's currently on a date with someone else. So she goes to the date and completely storms in with the, and it turns out that he's not only um, cheating just with her, but with another girl as well. So all three of them turn up at the restaurant and they just become YouTube sensations because they basically just like, you know, kick his butt verbally. Um, and then someone, you know, everyone's recording it and she ends up, um, yeah, just being a YouTube sensation and all this sort of stuff. And then they decide that, you know, instead of they become fast friends, which I just loved that friendship aspect. I actually felt like I was out with my own girlfriends um, and they decide that they're going to spend the year working on themselves and not chasing boys. But, of course, what happens when you make a pact like that is that, you know, the perfect man just happens to turn up at that time. So that's the premise of the book. And I just I just really loved it. <laughs> yeah, well, you've sold me. It sounds good. <laughs> So they would be my top three. And then I also had on there as a bonus, I have the Kiss Quotient, which I really loved as well. Yes, I haven't read that, but I've read The Bride Test. So I kind of... Oh, yes. (laughs) You're kind of me. I'm usually the one that reads things completely out of order. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I do have the Kiss Quotient on my bookshelf. I just... It's a good one. It's really good. Because um, I was discussing this with someone the other day because it has quite a bit of steam in it too, does it? Because quite it sure. does. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because essentially she's someone who's not very experienced in the romance department and she goes to the the lead male protagonist just ends up being, um, I think he's a escort or something. So, and you find that out, yeah, and, I, and you find that out and it was so funny because I was reading it in my sort of, I think it may have been the second contemporary romance book I read after The Unhoneymooners and I was so, like, scandalised. Like, I saw it on the second page and I was like, what? He's an escort? And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, it's just, again, like, bringing a bit of diversity. Um, I believe he's of Korean background, but I can't remember now because I read it so long ago. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, just, I just love reading about different races and, you know, just learning stuff. Um, even it sounds funny, you know, contemporary romance teaching you something, but it really does. Yeah, because his, like, relationship with his family and his heritage and his culture really comes through in that book as well um, in a lighthearted, fun way. And that's another book, actually, that I believe the rest of the series follows his sisters because I think he has three or four sisters and they're all... Actually, the second book is about his cousin, I think, and then from there it's going to talk about his sisters, I think. Anyway. Uh, I think the bride test was his brother. Oh, his brother. Okay. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. I think it, yeah, his brother. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, he that on my shelf. In a bit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 That's what the discussion was actually because they were saying, you know, the kiss quotient has quite a bit of steam in that in it and is the bride test the same? And I was kind of like, oh, I don't really remember it being overly steamy like yeah it doesn't ring a bell but I did enjoy it it was yeah yeah, it was a good one my first one is Dear John by Nicholas Sparks oh Um, my gosh I haven't read this 
Uh, no. <laughs> this, um, this is not his new one. This is the one that they turned into a film. Is that correct? Correct, yeah. Okay. So I think like half of his books now are probably turned into films, yeah. but yeah. this is the one with Shannon Tatum in it and okay. I think it's Amanda Seyfried or however you pronounce her name. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I didn't overly enjoy the film, but I just remember yep. reading this book because I've been a huge Nicholas Sparks fan for, oh, ages like I've read pretty well all of them and I would have read this when it came out and I remember I finished it in one day like I just couldn't put it down it was like straight through reading it um and yeah so my daughter's named Savannah who's named after the Savannah in Dear John oh who, my god she was named yeah. after her oh, yes, so cute. yes. I love <laughs> and the Savannah in the book is named after his daughter Savannah I believe oh, as well so Nicholas yeah. Sparks daughter yes oh yes. how cool I have to check yeah. that out yeah but it's for like sure a, it's yeah. like a but I, I I've only read one of his books I read A Walk to Remember I think in high school um, and it was very sad. Yes. And I feel like that's kind of his thing, right? Like he sort of like sticks the knife in and then twists. <laughs> so I think I have to be at the, is, is this one sad? Is Dear John sad? I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I would okay. say his older stuff is probably, yeah, m- more sad. Like his latest one, The Return, um, I, yeah, it wasn't, it didn't really tug at the heartstrings as much. Okay. Uh, I guess if it was your first Nicholas Sparks, it might, but yeah, his <laughs> older stuff, like, yes, definitely a walk to remember. Dear John. Oh God, that was so I, depressing. Oh, uh, yeah, I cried in like, yeah, I, yeah, I used to cry in all of his books, actually, come to think of it. Um, the last song is another one. Yeah. Oh, I haven't read that. This is like oh, that torture right. romance yeah. genre that makes you cry. Yeah, maybe it's not contemporary romance then. (laughs) Oh, I have no idea. Probably is. I don't know. But um, I have to be, I'll have to check it out, but I have to do it when I'm feeling emotionally resilient. (laughs) Yes. yes. Or if you need a good cry. Yes, true, true. Good one. Go on. Yeah, cry. No, Nicholas Sparks will always be up there. And as we talked about before, The Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren is one of my favourites. So Everyone has um, to read that. Yes, yes, definitely. If you're only going to read one, read that. Like I've read a few since as well. I think I've read Twice in a Blue Moon. I think that was the one of the latest ones. And yes, yes, the the actor. Um, And then what was the other one I read? Um, The one with the guy who's the guitarist. Oh, um, Roomies. Roomies? I loved Roomies. Maybe, yes. Roomies, he's a, yes. He's a, yes. I love that one, yes. I have to say. I think that's one of their very earlier ones. And it's like my second favourite. Like I love it. I love, um, yeah, the banter and the, it was quite funny, I remember, which I loved. It was. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. No, I loved that one too. But I think, yeah, I'll always come back to the Unhoneymooners. Yes. Still my favourite. Favorite. Like everything's going to live up to that. But I'm like you, I've got... Is it uh, the Beautiful Boys? I've got that series. Oh yes, yep. Yeah, I've got that one there. Um, and then Wild got, something. Wild. Yes, yes. There is a few, boys. and yeah. Um, what's the other? Oh, and I've got yeah the girl one, the beautiful bitch. 
I haven't read. I haven't read any of the series. I want to. No, They're on my shelf. Same. <laughs> Just gotta find the time. Yeah, same. Um, but no, I loved Ethan in the Unhoneymooners. So yeah, the Unhoneymooners. Yes. It is um, a couple that are getting married, and um, so the bride's sister and the groom's brother, the brother and sister, hate each other. And they fall victim to food poisoning, isn't it? The whole bridal party. Yes, except for um, the brother and sister. So then they get thrown on this honeymoon because the bride and the groom obviously can't go. And, um, yeah, you, I mean, you know, it was a bit predictable. You could see where it was going, but I, I still loved it. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. And I love enemies to romance in these types of books. That's like yes. the trope, I guess. I mean, really, I, I like it. Yeah. Yes. I have to say friends to lovers. I'm just like not into this. Like, no, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems to be something lacking. <laughs> yeah. I think it has to be done really well to be pulled off. Yes. I think so mm. too. Yeah. And then my third one um, was one that I read yeah, this year as well, which was Beach Read by Emily Henry. Oh, that's on my list. I've got that one. I have yes. to read it. Yes, it was really good. I'd done an um, impromptu read with Rachel from Ruddy Reads. We were reading it at the same time. Oh, right. Yeah, and, um, yeah, it was really good and we were like, oh, we're getting to the steam part. And, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't put that down. I loved it as well because I was a bit hesitant to go in towards that one because I'd seen it so hyped up from the U.S., yes. Yes, everyone loved it. Yeah, everyone loved yeah, it. Yeah, they did. But um, no, I I don't think I've really seen a bad review for it. I'm, I'm no, really I haven't it. either. So I, I've no. got to read that sometime soon. Yes, <laughs> she says. Push it up says. the list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so to finish up our chat, we're going to do a fast five. So I'm going to oh ask. Oh my you god! Okay. Five <laughs> questions, and you're going to okay. shoot off your answers to me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, number one, do you read the synopsis before reading a book? Um, not always. I really like to be surprised. Ooh. So, not always. Yeah, not always. If, if someone tells me, like if you tell me I have to read this book, like I'll pick it up and read it without, like I'll go in blind. Oh, okay, there you go. See, I'm the opposite. Like even if I get into one chapter and I can't really picture where it's going, I have to reread the synopsis to be like, oh, yeah, that's right, this is what this is about. <laughs> yeah, I just I really like being surprised and I feel like if I figure things out, I get really annoyed, so I just like to be kept mm. in the dark. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, well, in that case, don't read any of the reviews of The Good Sister then. I can just go into oh, that. Oh, yeah, I'm going in blind. blind. I'm going in blind. I haven't yeah. even it. And, you know, it's funny. When we take book mail photos and we take the synopsis, like the picture, I never even read it. Like I don't even look at it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do skip past those too. I'm such a... <laughs> I judge like a book by its cover. So I uh, definitely go off its cover first. And then I'm like, I don't really need to read a synopsis of that. I like the look of the cover. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with it. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh now, number two, do you borrow books from the library or would you prefer to buy them? Um, I'm actually a big fan of borrowing because I tend to well, I have no room left on my bookshelves and I tend to <laughs> and I tend to only keep what I love. Like so my top five star 
um, reads is what I love, what I keep on my shelf. So I'm very happy to read a book. Like I'll know that I'll read a book, but I don't necessarily have to own it because I don't mm-hmm. think that I'll reread it again. So I'm a very big fan of the library. Yes, me too. Do you ever get feelings of books though when you see them and you're like, no, I have to buy that because I just have this feeling that I'm going to love it and I need it on my shelf. I can't borrow yes. it from the library. Yeah, yes, <laughs> me that too. That happens to me. That, that happens to me as well. Like, I'll go, like for example, Akata, I borrowed that and I was like, I'm 100% buying this. I just... I'll just read the library version and I'll buy my own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was the same with um, Woven in Moonlight. Have you heard of that one? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. So the cover on that, like every time I look at it, beautiful. I'm like, oh, that's, that's a beautiful so cover. Yeah, and I even, I borrowed it from the library and then I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to read it. I'm going to go and buy my own <laughs> copy. Yes. And I'll read it when I've got my own copy because I really want to own it. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, now number three paperback or hardback oh paperback I cannot do hardback I can't stand it it's too heavy it's not practical doesn't fit anywhere I've dropped them on my head before I've dropped them on my daughter while I was breastfeeding her it just doesn't work (laughs) doesn't work for my lifestyle (laughs) especially like the big thick ones like could you imagine if Crescent City was yes exactly exactly (laughs) not practical no 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 no. <laughs> uh, number four, tea or coffee when reading? Oh, I have to say tea only because I do most of my reading at night and I can't drink mm-hmm. coffee at night. I won't be able to sleep. So I always have tea and I usually have some chocolate as well. <laughs> oh, yum. What's your tea of choice? <laughs> um, I've been having, um, I love Narada Organics. It's, you just get it from the supermarket. And I have the green tea with lemon myrtle and then I put some honey in there as well. It's Ooh, very good. Nice. And their, their, their chai is actually amazing, but I can't have it at night because it keeps me up, but it's also <laughs> very amazing. <laughs> <laughs> very good. And last one, what book has been sitting on your TBR for the longest? Oh, gosh, I don't even know. This is a very – actually, I do know. I lie. There's a book um, called Shantaram, which is very big when I first joined Instagram. So I first joined Instagram around 2000 and sorry, bookstagram, I'll say around 2014, 15 for a couple of months, but then I fell pregnant and just completely just let it go. But it was sort of the book to be reading at that time. Like it was the hyped up book and I bought it and so many of my friends loved it, but it's still sitting on my shelf unread. (laughs) And it's, it's it's, It's actually a chunker of a book. It's like maybe a thousand pages, 900, oh, wow. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it might be time to let that book go to someone yeah. who will actually read it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that That's a big investment like of time. Exactly. The big chunk. Apparently yeah. it's amazing. Apparently it's amazing. Like it's an epic book. It was supposed to be made into a film. I'm not really sure what oh. happened there, but yeah. Um, and it's a true story from what I recall I think it's actually it happened to the author so yeah I can't say I've ever heard of yeah well there you go you weren't on bookstagram in the year 2015 clearly not no 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 no. I think I yeah I was probably only just on Instagram back then (laughs) personal Instagram there you go well thank you so much Selena for joining me today and telling us all about your campaign 
we've had such fun today, I think. Yes, we have had fun. Yeah. And if you wanted to check out Selena's feed, you can follow her on Instagram at check your shelf. And yeah, thanks for coming on. No problem. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know. You can subscribe and leave me a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or find me on Instagram at So Novel Podcast. Thanks for listening. And until next time, happy reading. Thank you.